And we're off. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's Jared Bunch again on his day. Look at this finger. I'm going to talk about this today. But this is the second podcast. Second podcast. This show. Beyond the Field with Bunch, the podcast with me, former NFL player, actor, president of the NFLPA, former players, Los Angeles chapter, Jared Bunch. Uh, what I want to do is create an engaging podcast, like we said before. I want to explore the multifaceted lives of professional athletes and dive into their journeys, my journey and their journey. So you, I'm inviting you all to come in. Last time we did this for the first one, we, I had it set up where people didn't know that they, they were writing questions, but I couldn't see the questions. <laughs> so uh, now I am also on Instagram. So if you write the questions on Instagram now, I will see them and I can answer those questions as soon as you write them. And I also will check in on Facebook so I can hear or read those questions off of Facebook also. Because after the, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you guys. We, uh, you know, for the first, first episode, we had about 500 people. Um, and they were asking questions but they were asking the questions on Facebook and whatnot, and I wasn't able to read the questions till afterwards. So I am now signed into Facebook also, so I can check those questions from, on Facebook, Instagram, we're on live, so I can check those questions too. I see you, Kim. Kim Glass stepped in there. I see you. Allow Kim Glass. Um, thank you, she said, congratulations. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And Lisa, oh, I see Lisa in there, too. That way, hello, everyone. But let me get back to the, the, the business to start it off first. Okay, this podcast is to, is to explore and talk about former uh former athletes' lives after they leave the game. And it can be rough sometimes. And I want the show to provide a platform for those athletes to share their stories. And um, not this week, but the next one, we have a couple of guys that already have spoken to me and want to talk about, you know, some of the problems that they went through um, leaving the game either uh, even guys leaving the game after being in playing for 15 years, they still uh, had some some issues of, of leaving the game. And some guys who left the game after two or three years because of an injury or for whatever reason, they didn't play as long as they thought they were going to play. Um, they talk about their journey, talk about what happened after they left. And it can be really... Uh, very interesting. If you look at the statistics, and statistically speaking, um, the divorce rate for 
guys who retire or leave the game, it goes up dramatically, drastically, something like uh, 70%. And uh, we want to talk about that too. I thank God, you know, what I did, I met my wife after I stopped playing football. And thank God, we will be celebrating our 25th anniversary next month, 25 years that she's been putting up with me. <laughs> you know, I, most of the time, every time when, so, um, my wife and I were out, we, we go out somewhere and someone meets her for the first time, it's always like the same, same statement. How did you get her? <laughs> How did you get her? Oh, but um, thank God we will be 25 years next month. So that's, that's a little bit of, of what um, this podcast is about. I mean, I call it a podcast, but it's live, you know? And, um, but that's why I call it Beyond the Field with Bunch. My wife will be on here too. Uh, we will have some where she's on here co-hosting with me and the whole show will be just about her and I discussing how we met and how we were engaged. We were engaged for two and a half years. But when I met her, I met her, uh, I met her at a photo shoot and she did the makeup and I had an acting class right after the photo shoot. When I went to the photo shoot, I told uh, one of my classmates, I said, you know what? I may have met the future Mrs. Bunch today. That was after the first meeting. That was it. But so she'll be on uh, in the future to talk about uh, us and uh, life after football. But Beyond the Field with Bunch aims to eliminate uh, the diverse experiences of professional athletes. Because when I say defer, diverse is my story is much di different than other people's story. And some guys have really good stories to tell. And some guys have very interesting stories to tell. And some guys have very sad stories to tell. But those, all of these stories are very, very touching. You know, uh, I am the president of NFLPA Formed Players, the LA chapter. And just from the short period of time that I've been in that position, I've gotten phone calls from guys and emails from guys that, uh, you know, they don't want to share all this stuff with everyone out in the open, but they want to share. So we talk and uh, what, what has become, what has become healing is being able to share stories amongst other guys who experience similar things that you have gone through. So that's one of the things that I like to do with this podcast is talk to those guys and have them share their own stories. So um, that is it by, about what the story, what the podcast is about. And 
it's been a month, over a month since the first one. And the reason for that is we had a lot of things to do. My wife and I had a lot of things to take care of. <clears throat> and the other thing is that uh, being a president of PA here, it takes a lot of, of planning. And we, when I say we, I, I, I'm glad that I have a really good vice president, really good secretary, very good treasurer, which we all have uh, have the chance to talk on several occasions to set up. And we want to be able to do things that are product that makes our chapter productive. So that is why we haven't had as many meetings or, or doing the things. We've, we've had a lot of things that we've gone out to for the, for the public and where we've gone and to hospitals, we've gone to different events. But as far as having our meetings, they have, we haven't had as many as we would have hoped at this point because of trying to set so many different things up. So we're, we're working on that. We're going to get that going. That is something that we're looking forward to. So, uh, and and my vice president, he just got married. He just got married. So, we let him get married and, and take a little time. So, we are all getting our stuff ready to go. Um, looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys because I think a lot of people wonder, you know about uh, players and what they're doing and what they've been up to and good and bad. How come How come this guy had made so much money and now he's broke and they think that they know the answer, but you know, a lot of times it's, it's not as easy as you think it is. It's not that simple, oh, he wasted it or he, he um, splurged it, he, he didn't manage it right. Oh, somebody, he got mixed up with the wrong people. Sometimes it's just life, brother. Sometimes it's just life that uh, you have bills and you have income and the bills are larger than the income. And that's what happens. And I think that's, that's, that's everyone. So it's not just uh, professional athletes. It's not just entertainers. That's everyone. That's your your, your mailman, your plumber, your construction worker, your truck driver, all of them. All of them. All of that. Anyway, so so I thought today uh, what I wanted to give you is a story. And the story I want to give you is where it all started for me. And that was uh, in Ashtabula, Ohio, a small town. And I want to talk about that because I just did my, my football camp, a youth football camp. It's for 7 to 13-year-olds that uh, I always do. I started it back in 1992 in Ashtabula, Ohio. Um, I did that because that's my hometown. My mother still lives there. Uh, my father passed away in, in 89. Um, but my mother is still there. 
she, as a matter of fact, she's, my brother's not, he lives in Florida, but he comes back and he comes back and he helps me with the camp. He's one of them, but uh, one of many people that, that helps run the camp. Uh, God brother, David Moody, he's been with me for the last, I think, five, six or longer years. His son, when I started in 92, his, his son, one or two of his sons, they were in the camp in, in uh, the first or second camp. And now they are 35, 36 years old, 30 something. But, uh, but David, my God brother, he, he's the person that runs all of the, my information there in, in, in Ashtabula. But anyway, we had that camp. We did it um, two weeks ago. And uh, we always have it. We usually have it on June seventeenth uh, or eighteenth, and somewhere. It's usually the Saturday before Father's Day. But for the last two years, we've had it the Saturday following Saturday, following Father's Day. We have it at uh, Spire Institute, one of the best sports complexes in the United States. If it wasn't uh, in Geneva. A small town in Geneva, and, and you know, in a place where it's, the weather is not the best. If that place was here in California, it would be very well known. It's, it's still well known now. I think they do the Big Ten championships, indoor indoor championships there. I think, uh, but they have track field, track, football fields, basketball courts. It's really fine, fine. It's really good. It's a really nice place. But anyway, uh, I paid to, to do the camp there. And we have indoor facility where we can play if it's the weather is not cooperating, outdoor field. But uh, we had this year, uh, we only had about, I say only because we've done a lot more before, but it was only about 100, 100 kids this time because there were so many other events going on uh, that weekend. Um, you had... Uh, um, events in four different little towns, and there was something going on, a basketball tournament, uh, a, a uh, run, uh, all different things. But we, we had about 100 kids showed up, and um, it, was, it, was, it was good. We had uh, the uh, Erie, Lake Erie, uh, Erie, Community, Lake Erie Community College. Their football team head coach. Um, man, I, you know my memory. Lord, if I don't have stuff written down. But um, Bolden, uh, Anquan Bolden's brother, is the head coach there. I can't, I'm sorry, Coach Bolden. <laughs> I forgot his name. But uh, he had his whole entire staff helping me out. It was the both of us this year that uh, were utilizing the, the field for the coaches that we had that supplied by him and a couple of uh, guys from the Little League. But um, it was it was good because uh, he had his son, uh, which was only, I think he's eight, seven, seven years old now, participated in, in the, in the uh, camp. This is his first camp. So that was special that the, the coach was able to coach, have his coaching staff there and teaching 
his son, along with uh, the peers of his son for the first time. So that was fun. That was fun. Um, we had, we gave out uh, some books. Uh, my, my, my wife showed up. I mean, she came with us, took pictures, and we posted them on, on Facebook and uh, Instagram that uh, they had a, it was a, it was a fun time. And I, and, and I say that all because uh, we were talking about where it all started. I started in Little League in Ashtabula with Midget League football. I played my first organized football at, at age eight, and it was called the Ashtabula Midget Football League. And it was the uh, first year that they had put this league together, first or second year that I, I was on. I was able to play at eight. And uh, we played, I played on the uh, Colts. My brother played on the Colts also. And um, Ed Johnson, Earl Johnson, Earl Johnson was our head coach, head football coach there. And that's where I got a lot of my, I don't want to say, uh, I got, I learned a lot from, from Earl. Uh, it was the first time that I had an understanding of what you're supposed to do when you're playing football. And it's not always about you. It's a team sport. And <laughs> it's a team sport. So you have to uh, learn deferred gratification. And I learned that from, from playing football. And, and, and as a coach now, it's one of the things that I, I really try to get across to the team that it's not always about you. you it's about it's a team sport. It's not like boxing or MMA, karate, tournaments, whatever. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's a team sport. And, and 11 guys have to work the plan. They have to learn the plan and work it all together. So anyway, that is why I try to get that uh, that program or, or that, that camp in my hometown because I was one of the first, one of the first, and, and I don't know if I say only, but um, no one since. But as far as being drafted in the NFL, number one, in, in the first round, there's nobody else for Master Bureau. But uh, to get a full scholarship to a Division One football team, um, there I had I've heard of no one before, and uh, I, I would say no one since. But only because um, Juice Scruggs is from Astabula, but he did not go to school in Astabula. And he just recently, this last draft, he was drafted in the second round by the Houston Texans. So I was glad to see that because his father, Fred, lived on my, he, he, he lived on my street. And um, we grew up together. He's a few years younger than me, but he was a, he was a great athlete himself, basketball, uh, just an athlete.
He was just an athlete, really good athlete. Uh, glad to see his son get, got drafted to Houston Texans in the second round. He went to Penn State, so he's in the Big Ten. So that's, that's, I guess to say that that's cool. That that is cool. Um, but uh, anyway, from going back to that's why I like to do that camp, the football camp in, in Ashtabula, is because uh, it is a uh, small town and there is not a lot going on. There's not a lot of uh, opportunity there. When I say opportunity, I mean you don't see um, big time things happening or coming out of, out of that area. And I'm not just talking about Ashtabula, but that area. Um, so when something exciting happens, it's a big thing. And I think it needs to be you know, promoted there. Yeah, but I do, I, I will admit that, you know, most of the, my, my biggest motivation to get a, a Big Ten scholarship was I, I said I was getting out. I was, I was getting out of Ashtabula. That was my motivation, that I was going to get a scholarship, and I was out. That was my motivation. And I did that because uh, I, needed, I, needed, I needed a change, you know. Um, I, just being living in Ashtabula and seeing and, and being in like a bubble and not being able to see things happen, right? I remember the first time my uncle, Uncle Eugene Jones, I remember he when he moved out of Ashtabula, that and he came back, you know, every weekend or whatever. When he would come back, it was like, and he would. When I saw all the the differences that he came in with a different car, the way he dressed, you know, he was like, you know, he was like, you know, this, this, this comic book hero that lived in Ashtabula but had something outside of Ashtabula and would come back. And he was a good athlete. He was the first black quarterback at Ashtabula High School. And he won the award for uh, best athlete. And, but he, so he was a good athlete. So him being an athlete and then him succeeding in business and him moving away from Ashtabula but coming back and forth gave me this uh, understanding that Ashtabula wasn't the only thing that you could get out. I mean, there was something a, 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 a outside of the of the walls or you know confinements of Ashtabula. So that is what was my motivation to get a Big Ten scholarship. And when I got one, and this thing is that people, not everyone, there was more people who thought I would not get a scholarship than there were people who thought I would. I was told many times, you know, you know, you're good, but you're good here. Uh, I don't know how good you you are against the other people, you know. And and understood because that's all they saw. But I wasn't putting up with that, uh, and I did not see that same thing. I was not about that. 
You know, I had one teacher told me, um, you know, know, she was a nice teacher. But she said to me, um, you know, it's better to be a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond. And I said, well, maybe for you, but not for me. That's not me. So, and she was saying that when she had heard about all the colleges that had started um, recruiting me and sending me letters and asking me about uh, where I was thinking about going to school. And and her son said she was a teacher and and her sons were good athletes. They were smart, very smart. and, And they went to smaller schools and they played a little bit. But I told her, not me. Not me. I don't want to be, uh, no, I'm not afraid of a big pond. That was my motivation. That was my motivation to get out and go. You know, I did a lot of, did things like, uh, you know, did push-ups. I, I, set, a, I set a goal early on. I, um, Kaiser Homan, the Homans, um, Kaiser Homan's father was the, my first personal trainer. And what he did was he, he gave me um, a blueprint. He told me what I had to do in order to get my body ready to move to the next level. And some of the things that he had me doing was all natural stuff, push-ups and pull-ups. And we used to work out in, in, in the woods. And I used to run up hills and, and those type of things. And I'm talking about this is when I was in uh, eighth grade, going to ninth, the summer of eighth grade to ninth grade. That's when I started with him. And at that point, he had me, um, he told me that I had to make a commitment. And that commitment was if I wanted to do something that no one had done, that I had to prepare like no one prepared before. And I still remember that to this day. That's when he told me that. I was like, oh, shoot. So what do I have to do? So I started doing push-ups. Every morning before I left the house and every night before I went to bed. And I did that from Sunday to Thursday. And I gave myself Friday and Saturday off. But I started off, I was doing push-ups and I started off, I was doing like 25, 30. It was one set, as many as you could do. And that was one of, a part of it was, why are you stopping? You know, what makes you stop? So if it's stopping because you just can't do anymore, that's one thing. But if you stop because you got tired, just you stop, that's another thing. So it, for, for five days a week, I was training my mind like that. I would do push-ups, one set, twice a day, as many as I could do. And I actually did that nonstop from my freshman year to after I graduated. So for four years, I I was still doing it when I went to Michigan, but I stopped as I got in to, uh, when I got there and started doing training camp. I didn't do it after training camp. But for four years, I did not allow myself to miss. And it was because of the 
Mr. Homan. Now there's two Mr. Homans. This Mr. Homan is Mark and Max and Kaiser, uh, their father. And then there's Mr. Homan, the athletic director, who was also a big part of, of my story of getting to college. And he was the athletic director and a neighbor. And he, he did a lot for me in, in terms of getting my head right and making me understand of, you know, and so there, there was a lot, there was some people in Ashtabula that, that, that got me to think the way I was supposed to think. And once I started doing that, that, that was the key, man. And so that is why I like to do the camp in Ashtabula as long as the kids will listen. As long as they will listen, I'll continue to do it. But that is my, my why I wanted, man, I wanted to get out. It was it was because I, I, I had a goal. And then every year for for four years, I picked one thing that was my goal and work on it for a year. Besides my push-ups, I would pick one part, body part. That okay, by next by this time next year, I would have, you know, bigger chest or stronger bench press or whatever. Right, by this time next year, I'll have bigger legs, bigger thighs, whatever. By this time next year, I'll be faster. Every year I did that. Set a, set a goal, set a goal and said I was going to be able to accomplish. And then it worked. It worked. And if I had, and I believe that if I hadn't set those goals like that, where I just focused on one thing, I think that it would have been a problem. And, um, and I wouldn't have, uh, been able to accomplish the things that I, that I have. I say that because as I got older and got into college and pros, I got away from that a little bit. Started getting fuzzy and my focus wasn't laser focused. And, and I paid for it. I paid for it, especially in pros, man. It's, it's not, it's just like when I got to Michigan, the goal should have, it wasn't just to get there. Because you get there, okay, now what? You had to get there, then you had to learn, and you had to be open to learning. I had to be open to learning. And whoo, it was rough for a while. And on the way there, I had guys that had to say that had to tell me, you know, had to give me give me guidance. Same thing happened in the pros. You have to find someone. Same thing. But what is very good is that. 
it's like uh, it is school. It is it is education. And what's good is that in, um, in 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 football or whatever sport, whatever sport, if you 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 are you have habits, and the habits come from where where you start in education from kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high school. The habits that you have for going every day to class, whether you go in the classroom prepared by doing the work that was given to you the day before or the week before or the month before, or you're prepared from the year before where you were supposed to learn all of these other things, the prerequisites to this class is learning this and knowing this. That's all the stuff that you learn going through school that I found. All of that stuff, when I was taking it serious and, and learned it all, it was all made all this other stuff easy. When I didn't, that's why that's why that's why it didn't work. I had no practice at it. And so being a being a coach when I was coaching in high school, coaching at Beverly Hills High School, I see it, I saw it all the time. Guys not taking it serious. And then the following year, because they didn't take the one thing serious now, they got oof, got no practice at it. But I also have seen the reverse too, right? Guys who I didn't think would turn it around, man, they surprised me. They, they, they surprised me. They turned the whole thing around and became more successful than, than I thought they would. One, one good thing that, I, that I've learned, and I, I helped out a, one of my old uh, student athletes that, from Beverly Hills High School, who I always thought was first one of the first kids I met. He was a freshman or a sophomore when I first got there. Uh, nice size kid, and I, I saw that he had potential. But he, he didn't work hard, though. So that's why I was like, not kind of, he didn't work hard all the time. But then when he did work hard, he showed. Anyway, uh, I spoke to the coaches at Michigan. And after two years of him being in a junior college, he is now a walk-on at the University of Michigan. One of the happiest things that I could do is see that he actually he, he tightened up and now he's at Michigan. They, he is this at his first semester I think he starts this, he started the summer semester or something um, as a uh, transfer junior college transfer and I called uh, <laughs> called them and Told told them they look he's he's worth the look. They looked at him and said, "Hey." And anyway, he got into Michigan by himself. Academically, he got into Michigan, so they know automatically they don't have to be worried about him. 
he is in school already and he's a walk-on. If he plays well enough to get a scholarship, that's great. But he's already in school, admitted to Michigan, in there. So I'm glad, I'm glad about that. So I always like to see things like that. And and why I do the things back at Ashtabula is because I want to see the same. I want to go back there, give them the tools, and let them show that when I, that my efforts were something that were needed. And I wasn't just doing it for my own self, doing it for something else. So that's it. That's, that is part of uh, my hometown and, and my upbringing uh, and why I like coaching the younger people. <laughs> because uh, when I was younger, and didn't have all of the opportunities to see uh, guys who were uh, making it from trying out uh, in, in, in different leagues and then moving on to getting scholarships. Nobody, I saw no one, um, well, actually, I have to turn, take that back. I did, there was a young lady who was a friend of mine who went to my church who did get a full scholarship in basketball. She was Miss Mrs. Ohio in basketball. She was really good. Diane Davis. Very good basketball player. And she did get a full scholarship to Ohio State. So I will say I, I will have to I have to give Diane Davis that uh, shout out. Because she used to play with the boys. She played with the but she was good looking. <laughs> she was good. She was a guard, shooting guard. She was good looking too. She she was she's good looking and um, uh, played played basketball with the guys and and very good. So that is something. But okay, um, let me make sure that uh, I get all of this uh, information out the way because um, if you have any questions, you can write them down and, and I will try to give you some answers anyway. Oh, I see uh, someone has a question or a statement, you know about mentorship looking for mentorship it says i wish i had a mentor like you when i played you know what i'm, I'm gonna say this i still can be your mentor you can look at to what i what i just talked about and use the information as your mentor because i didn't have one either until my freshman year when i started getting a I had the person like Kaiser Holman and his father who just trained me and when I say train me I mean I trained with them they allowed me to train with them and for high school for high school players I say this be the best athlete that you can be 
work on being an athlete, okay? Because what you played at high school, you most likely, unless, I mean, you they're looking at you to be a player for the team wherever we need you to play. And we need you to be eligible. So we want you to be the person that we can rely on that we don't have to spend time making sure that you're up out of the bed and you're going to your class, making sure that you are doing your assignment, making sure that you're, you're turning in your work and making sure you're not a problem. That's what they're looking for. So what I say to my, all my athletes when, uh, when I'm coaching high school is you need to be the best athlete. That means that you need to train your behind off. That is not, not specific training. Train. You need to get every asset of your game better. Okay? And if you are playing a specific position that you are playing on your team, that that's the position that you play, that's the position that your coach has you playing, then get tapes on that position, watch tapes, watch film, watch film, check YouTube of the position that your coach has you, okay? And then just start working on your game, right? Because you coming in, what I really do is, is different for me from when I was playing is high school kids or junior high kids or 8th, ninth, 10th, guys doing specific training because they say they're a, a, a quarterback or whatever, or, you know, they're a linebacker. But when they go to play on the team, the coach puts them at defensive end or tackle. But then you go to a linebacker camp. Why? If you have the reason why, then let me know. But work on your entire game and work on uh, yourself and where what you'll be doing on the field. That's what you need to work on. How can you do what you're doing on the field better? Right, okay. Good question, here's a question. Can you train someone who lacks motivation? Can you train someone who lacks motivation? The question, that question to me, who wants the training? Is the person that lacks the motivation, do they want the training? Or are you a parent or someone else trying to force the training on them? Because if they, if they don't want it, forget it. That's it, they, what, what? They don't want it. Save yourself the hassle. Give them the choice. Tell them, give them the information. 
and then let them make the choice. Let them make the choice. All right, here's another question. Uh, uh, he says he played against Tyrone Wheatley. In better shape than him now. <laughs> he might be in better shape than Tyrone now, but Tyrone played 10 years in the league. <laughs> he played 10 years in the league, and now he's a head he's a head coach. And, uh, you know, he's been coaching in the, in the NFL, um, and he's been coaching in, in college level as a head coach uh, at two different universities. So, I think Tyrone is good, and, and you know he played ten years, man. Ten years is a that's a that's a that's a really good, uh, really good career. It's a running back too. It's a running back and a big running back, big fast. Tyrone was the person who I had down as um, the best running back in uh, Michigan history. That was my the, the question was of all the great running backs in, in Michigan, who was my choice as the best running back? And my choice was Tyrone. So, let's see if we have any other questions. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're being funny or, uh, but he says, um, comedian. Oh yeah, you're so you're being funny. That you're in your 50s now and you're stronger than a lot of people and can hit a baseball over 300 feet. Good for you, brother. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. You can hit the ball over 300 feet. All right. That's cool. That is cool. Any other questions? Comments, concerns. Uh, is there something else that I wanted to leave with you guys or talk to you guys about? Um, <clears throat> but look, I, I, I'm I am. Let me tell you a little bit about what I. Uh, hello. You know, see, see, my wife, she is she is watching this and then she trying to come talk to me at the same time. And as I'm talking, she is trying to talk to me. Well, I can't comment on it. As I'm talking, she is talking to me right now. Wait a second. Asking me a question. No, <laughs> she is asking me a question right now. At this very second, while I'm on the podcast, she's asking me uh, a question. It's, it's, okay. No, I heard you say it didn't work. What didn't work? Okay. Well, I heard that, right. and I was perplexed okay. by Can that because you were the captain of the Michigan team, plus you went to, to the pros for four years, and you were, what, um, expensive play of the year or one, one of those what? things for your – what didn't work? 
I am confused by that. I, I will have Please. my wife come on no, on no. the show at some point. But <laughs> I, I think she she I think she's a little bit. Oh, she, oh, she wanted to elaborate. She wanted me to elaborate on mm -hmm. what didn't work. No, uh, what, when I when I when, said that something didn't work. Um, yeah, and, I was confused and, by. All right. Uh, what what I was referring to is uh, I, I can't. Remember. I don't remember. You don't but, remember. Uh, but, but, you said something didn't work. You well, were talking I, about you were talking about your can experience. Can you believe that I am on here she, <laughs> and she's actually having a conversation with <laughs> she is actually having a conversation with me off to the side right now. <laughs> well I tuned in to right listen now. and I'm like, right, what right, is he talking about right now, right now. We honey, can we talk about that a little bit later? Oh, okay. okay. Can you yeah, yes. She's having a conversation with right now that's why i gotta have her on we have some of the greatest conversations and talk and and we'll talk about um how we met and uh she'll give you her story and i'll give you mine how about that yes yep 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 so anyway did um did anyone watch the ESPYs last night? I actually missed it. I was uh, at a uh, an, an event that uh, someone asked me to attend, and uh, actually uh, right down the street from me, and and and. Um, it was it was it was good because uh, Tiffany Haddish, who was a presenter at the ESPY, she actually came and, and did a set. It was, it was comedy. It was actually at a hotel, but they set up for um, set up for comedy, and, and Tiffany Haddish came in and she did a set. Um, my wife actually talked to her, got a picture with her, and but it was very it was very funny. Um, but did anyone watch the ESPYs? If so, uh, give me your take on, on some of the awards given out last night. What's your take? Hey, Carol. Carol here. Mr. Matthews joined. Mr. Matthews, okay. Uh, Community Christian Health as well. Thank you. Yes, thank you, brother. You too. Anyway, um, thank everybody for showing up. comments as to what you would be interested in hearing or hearing me talk about. Because uh, one thing I'm going to talk about is, is how, how I left the game. And uh, the unknowing information that 
people receive. I said unknowing because it's, it, the people were telling it. I don't know where they got their, their information from. Because, uh, quick story. Uh, my last year with the Giants, I was, uh, for my last full year, I, I was injured in training camp. I tore MCL, tore uh, two muscles in, the, in my knee that hold the kneecap in place and did not get surgery because back then they, you know, they wanted you to wait and see, and see how it worked out. And um, the fact that I didn't get that surgery at the time before the season and played, played the rest of the year with that injury created the problem that uh, when the season was over and I got surgery, it was, it, it was not fixable. So, the fact that I played before the surgery, then after the surgery, people just wrote off the fact that th that injury occurred, thinking that it was all fine, all fine, but it wasn't. So that is the actual reason why I didn't pass the physical um, with the Giants my last year there and going on to the Raiders. And so when people say that I, whatever reason that, that I chose to not want to play anymore, that, that, that was not the case. I didn't make the right decisions, but the fact of the matter was the injury that I played with and then had and was not able to continue it was it was real. But the problem was I, I I let people think that I was fine when I wasn't. So the media got the got it all wrong. But it's it's it is what it is. Uh, so that is that is and I'm going to have a full uh, full podcast episode on just that the injury what happened how i handled it what i did wrong what i did right and the years after what i have done about it okay i i'm, I'm i have a lot of stuff to talk about but let's see Guys, I'm, I'm excited to, to share with you. Okay, so you just keep coming. Um, and I will keep on giving you the information. How about that? And we'll have Mrs. Bunch on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so you know what? Since it's uh, we got, only got two more minutes uh, before it'll be an hour, let's, let's, uh, I'll leave you with this. Leave you with this. This year, in this football season, 
is going to be very interesting because there's a lot of uh, opportunity for a lot of people to show that they are more valuable than what the team is putting forth an effort to, to get them, right? And I'm saying this because uh, the fullback is a lost position now. I mean, there's only about a handful of teams that have one fullback on their school, on their roster. Uh, it's not it's not a a, a position that is is very you know, utilized. But um, besides the fullback, there's going to be a lot of different changes in in, in guys and personnel. So because of that, and I'm talking about running backs. You know, we see the, the big contracts that are coming out and, and a lot of players are getting it, but not the running backs. I mean, you can see a lot of star running backs, uh, free agents. And that's because the game is changing. But is it really changing that much that you don't want to pay a running back? I just saw that a defensive tackle today signed a 90, a four-year, $97 million, $66 million guaranteed defensive tackle. $20 million a year, over $20 million a year. I'm glad he's getting it, but not. But you're telling that a running backs, a running back is not worth it? That's going to be interesting. And so we're going to talk about that, okay? Let's give a little food for thought. So... That's it. That's one hour. We'll talk about it. Come back. I'll leave that little nugget that we have something special for you next time. This is the punch with you. How about that? Till next time. Thanks for showing up.